I hope this worked. I got it right. We did it, Reddit. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. Bravo, welcome, to another, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon. I am joined here, as always, by the inimitable, the main squeeze, Ace King Officer Jurek, wearing his Vikings football jersey or shirt. That's not a jersey. That is know. not a jersey. Although I'm playing about as well as the people in the jerseys right now, but that's a discussion <laughs> for another time. That's a discussion oh, no. for another time. Got him. Uh, we and... would be great if we were in the NFC East. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Steve is firing all the football shots today, ladies and gents. And alongside Steve and myself, we have the lovely, the amazing, the legendary, the purple Sharpie. And then Steve decided to subscribe while I was introducing Sharpie. He's trying to steal her thunder. It's okay. Everybody it's great. say it's hi to great. Sharpie. It's okay. Thank you, Steve. Everyone knows that birds aren't real. They are surveilling cameras hired by the government. Yep. Like, Thank you for subscribing, Steve. Like, I'm sure 90% of the people who follow that at least 95 know it's tongue-in-cheek but i'm worried that it's less than 100 <laughs> like I'm, I'm wondering who reads who looks at this thinks birds aren't real and thinks that makes a lot of sense they have a point that, i'm just saying i haven't considered this before is... well have you ever seen a pigeon lay an egg never in my life see well i try, i tend to try and give them privacy have you ever seen a pigeon nest? That's actually no. very true. I've never seen a pigeon nest before in my life. I actually well, believe they, that they, there's footage on the internet of it, which is crazy, considering hey, that pigeons are literally cameras. So, Show me a pigeon nest. According to Wild Bird Watching, the nest of these birds can be found along building ledges, rafters, beaters. Stop lying yeah. to me. Buildings, you, you as in where look... they can download their camera footage afterwards. Yeah, that adds up, Siri. Yeah, I got just, you. They're connecting to the the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're a, we're a fighting game podcast talk show. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> and today, a lot of cool things happened. CNN said hello to the FGC. On the, by the, via Ryan Hart, which was amazing. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, CNN did a uh, small documentary piece on Ryan Hart's journey through the fighting games and his uh, his return from uh, homelessness into uh, into success. So good shit. I didn't watch it the whole thing, but I plan on sitting down to watch it after this. It looked pretty amazing. Uh, Chris G is causing more drama again. I guess we're gonna talk about Chris G. He's on the dock. Twitch. Doesn't like music. Or it's not that Twitch doesn't like music. It's that the people who make the music's publishers and lawyers don't like other people using that music. Uh, we got also got some award shows coming. There's a lot of snow. We have a new character for Grand Blue. NRS are our best friends because they did an entire combat cast right before our show. So we have some stuff to talk about. But before we do all of that, Steve... We have a hefty-ass recap today, huh? It, it Hefty is the right word, because if you remember last week, it was loaded to the gills with uh, circuits back in swing, and circuits starting up as well. Uh, let's kick it to the Street Fighter League. 
the action continued on the Japanese side of things with fourth round play. Uh, Splash finally getting their first win of the season, a 3-1 win over Tokido's Team Flame in a bit of an upset. Aurora with their 3-1 win over Gaia move into sole possession of first place. And uh, Daigo's gold, 4-0 win over Scarlet. Scarlet really struggling. Just one set win out of 12 through the first four rounds. Still got a little bit of time to turn it around, but uh, they'll need to pick things up rather quickly. On this side of the Pacific, we had the second round, uh, or the second week, excuse me, of Street Fighter League US. Uh, not full rounds uh, every week, just two matches, but uh, they were two pretty good matches. Team Psycho Shinobi, 3-1 winners over Team Dynamite. Angry Bird nearly carried Nasser to another victory, uh, got two of the three wins, but in the end fell short to All In, All In getting the 3-2 win. They are now 2-0 and in sole possession of first place. Uh, Psycho Shinobi, obviously, just one win out of one, uh, but they'll have a chance against Alpha 3 to make that 2 for 2 next week. Get him. Go get it. Uh, and keeping on the Street Fighter side of things, the Capcom Pro Tour continued with its stop, second stop on the uh, Central America circuit. And this one, the champ is back in the fold. Mena RD holding off Kusanagi to get the win. He is headed back to Capcom Cup. You want to see Mena? Mena. You want to see another character dressed up as Mena in the game? It is now possible. I do. <laughs> I, that's a baller move. I, I, I still think that is that is a an absolute baller move. To, to like, okay, I don't want just my character in the game. I want me in the game. That's what and I he do. makes that happen. Yeah, that's what I do. Sonic Fox would like a word with you regarding Skullgirls, but I mean, go off. Well, well, I mean, I'm talking about a playable character. Okay, 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 that's fair. That's fair. That's, 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 fair. that's a difference. Sonic Fox has done a lot in the FGC. Um, and I know Justin in like was the basis of a playable character in some sort of squid game that yeah. wasn't a fighting game. I don't... You know what I'm talking about, but I can't remember. I do, I do, I do. Uh, there's also Alex Jabaley, who was in Dive Kick, which was the very first game that I believe Keats, who's now currently at Iron Galaxies, worked on. That is not Jabaley. It is Jafaley. It is a completely oh, uh, my different apologies. person. A character heavily based on Alex Jabaley. The yeah, size but... of their head, not in, in any way, shape, or form related. Well, look, it's funny because I, I think Dive Kick is kind of attributed to me being in the FGC. Uh, simply because <laughs> that game got me $10,000 to the charity of my choice forever ago. Uh, but I did play that game a lot, and it's got Seth Killian as S-Kill in it, uh, Markman as Markman, or I think <laughs> they just call him Mark. Maybe they call him Markman. Uh, they have Boz Mr. as Mr. N. Mr. N as Marn. <laughs> Dude, Mr. N is the best because he cheats. He wears a Pajama neck pillow, pants. so you have to headshot him twice. That's so, so scummy. <laughs> it, just like Mr. N. Uh, I will t I will always have just randomly in my head pajama pants. <laughs> just for no damn reason. I'm just oh going my throughout God. my day and it's just like, hey, how's it going? Pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Man, that game was amazing. I, I need to play Just that game. Shout out to Minna. Like put in put in put in his region on the map. You'll love to see it, honestly. I'm like it's no secret that I'm not like a super huge Street Fighter fan just because I, I didn't grow up with Street Fighter. I wasn't a Street Fighter player. But like Mena's always been one of those personalities I I just I really relate with. He's he's hilarious. He's he's very He's very, he, he, he almost represents the FGC for me, to be very honest. Of all the Street Fighter personalities, mm -hmm. he seems like the most FGC to me. Like, when I think FGC, there's, a, like, a picture of Mena in my brain. Yeah. It's kind of great. You know what's funny? My, I ran into Mena final round 2016. We were in the same pool. And I went up and I shook his hand. I was like, hey, dude, good to see you. And we were playing, like, some round. And he goes, yeah, I know who you are. I'm like, Why? <laughs> this was before I even did anything with best of five. So it's like, why? He's like, oh, yeah, you beat my buddy in a, in an online tournament or something. I'm like, uh, okay, sorry. Uh, but uh, but then he proceeded to kick my ass, and then I drowned in pools, as is tradition. Yeah, be like that. I also drowned in pools to somebody mashing down jab with Zangief, and I was very upset about it. And some say that I am still upset about it to this day. But with all that said, he was very fun to meet, so I like that guy. And... The whole controversy of him like not being a real Capcom Cup winner or whatever, uh, I like seeing him win because fuck those people. So, yeah, yeah, my, it's just my, whenever my whenever someone tells me, oh sorry, go on, Steve. No, you go, you go for it. Whenever someone tells me, especially inside of a community where it's like we're already, I feel like not as respected as other esports communities. You know what I mean? Like in terms of competitive gaming, we're already seen as not that serious whenever someone then tries to take that accomplishment away from people who compete inside of our scene and do ridiculously well against all odds that just frustrates me personally and that makes them an underdog to me and that makes me now a fan of theirs by merit like they would essentially have to literally go out of their way to say i love grapplers and everything about grapplers and the best man and jesus was a grappler in order for me to hate them and even with all of that i still love minna you know like it's it's crazy. What I was going to say is my favorite part of seeing Mena come up is seeing the people coming up with him from that scene. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't mm -hmm. just Mena coming through. It was uh, Kaba. It was Crossover. It was Hoch. It was, it was all those Dominican Mandrake. players. Mm -hmm. Mandrake, yeah. It was all those players getting an opportunity to say, hey, we've got one player here who's really good. Guess what? There's probably some other good players here, too. You saw the same thing uh, with Pakistan uh, with mm -hmm. Tekken, where you had, you know, after ever, after everyone found out about Arslan Ash, it's like, oh, this honey guy, this Atif butt guy, hey, mm -hmm. they're pretty damn good. So yeah. mm -hmm. that's my favorite part of it. My favorite part is the fact that Mena took his Capcom winnings, which when it, uh, when it transferred over to uh, the Dominican republic currency he was a, he turned into a millionaire instead of you know doing what i would do and be selfish and just live my life he decided to bring up the entire fgc with him right the entire yeah. dominican fgc got such a huge boost because he was building places for people to go he was sending people places he was sending people over to the us to train and all this other stuff so i think that's very indicative of how much he loves not only the fgc or i'm sorry not only his community but the fgc in general because he's like the kind of people that uh, the, he's the kind of person that's like taking something to where it was and just like leveling it up uh with what he has so good shit to mena and he might get that opportunity again because if you take a look at the list of qualified players we're three quarters of the way through uh, figuring out who the CPT uh, 
who the Capcom Cup finalists are going to be. Uh, Mena, Kaba, who we mentioned, Mandrake, all of those players are going to be in there. Uh, next, next ticket will be punched this weekend with the Asia East uh, second tournament. Who will join Daigo out of that region of Japan, Korea? Um, it, it, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. And actually, um, Capcom just announced today that for the first time, they're actually going to stream pools of that Ooh. tournament. So mm. if you're if you're looking for something, yeah. I just want to mention because um, I know this is a little bit lesser known than me, but I actually am a streamer. I've been streaming for ten years. I've done event streaming with several different production companies inside of the FGC and outside of the FGC. And what's interesting to me is that this choice is probably mostly coming around because not only is Capcom Cup obviously one of the biggest Capcom events in general for like when you look at competitive FGC tournaments and everything like that. But in the middle of the pandemic, it's also one of the only ones that's still persisting. It's it's probably honestly the biggest one this year. Like there weren't any other tournaments that are probably gonna be on the same scale of Capcom Cup this year just because Evo didn't happen. Combo Breaker didn't happen. We had a cancellation of like literally every single event before that. So it's like really the events that Capcom has to compete against is itself right now. So why wouldn't they stream pools? I think it's a great step in the right direction because you're getting so many more people pressed that deserve it and have earned it at this point. It's going to be very nice to see. Um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting to see if they'll do it after quarantine stops. But we'll see. We'll see, right? Um, does anyone else have any thoughts regarding that? Well, well more, let me, let, more, more Street Fighter is never a bad thing. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've been doing just top 16s and top 8s for the previous online qualifiers, but let me list off some names real quick. Um, Johnny, Mago, Trashbox, Gachikun, Machibo, uh, Pugera, Hot Dog 29, Hot Dog 29. NL, Bonchan, John Takeuchi, Kichi Palm, Alt Nemo. Damn. None of those players made top 16. All of them were in the tournament in uh, the first East Asia tournament. They all got knocked out. None of them got on stream. The depth of, and not to say anything about any other region, but I think there's a lot more interest in watching some of these other, some of these uh, big names play in the Japan, Korea, in this region than there are in other regions. Mm -hmm. So mm. I think that's part of the reason why this particular tournament is getting uh, pool streamed. You remember, okay. um, you remember, I think it was SCR a couple years ago where they had the death pool for everybody that signed up on at the venue and Marn somehow made it out of that. That's every that's pool. Saying it was that's, tough. Yeah, that's every pool. <laughs> In, in like an East Asia tournament, it's just everything is just so stacked. So you never know what's gonna happen, and that's why, uh, and that's why we get results like you know, a lot of the big names that we expect to see up top not being up top. So, you know, it's never never a bad thing to have more Street Fighter. Go ahead. One quick question, Steve: If you could yeah. choose any other region to also have their pools streamed, which one did you choose? <sighs> I would probably do China. 
simply because there is essentially no other time for these play for a lot of these players to get a chance to be on stream. Mm. So, personal interest aside, I think that would be something. And that that's one of the things I kind of wish that there were more regions represented on this year's mm. CPT. I would love to see uh, some representation for Africa. I would love to see more Middle Eastern uh, nations represented here, but just because I want to see new players get that opportunity. Um, so that would be my pick. It's a little weird, but that's no, it. It comes from a great place. Elon, same question. Let's get a close-up of you too, friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, fine. <laughs> uh... I don't know. Do you have a favorite region? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, well, you that's know. Not, that's what we're moving on. That's what we're moving on. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, insightful as always from Elon. Steve, don't we have even more tournament results to discuss? Well, I kind of want to, before, before we move on, I do want to take a quick look at the, because we, we glanced over it, but I do want to take a quick look at the 2020 finalists. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to run them down real quick, then we'll move on. But we have the champion, Idom, who also remember Rage Quit in the first uh, East tournament. Dr. Mandrake, who we were talking about just recently. Oh. Nephew. Go ahead. Oh, DR no, Mandrake, no, not Dr. Mandrake. My, my apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Nephew. Kaba, the second of the three uh, Dominican Republic reps. Uh, Picaro from Brazil. Right, he's Brazilian? Uh, Peru. Peru, no, sorry. He's Peru. I, apo- I apologize. Uh, Takamura. We got Phenom, SKZ, The Lord Daigo, Smug, <laughs> Mena, Jaleshe. That's the guy from Brazil. Yeah. Uh, Infectious, Angry Bird, and Sien. So we have, let's see, we have one, uh, one China uh, tournament, one Australian tournament. Another East Asia tournament and one more NA West tournament, and we're done. That's it. So four more weekends. Four more. Yeah. We're and a month away. Remember that NA West tournament, uh, that's the one where Punk is, if he enters, he's going to start from the loser's bracket. Oh, so. is, are they doing that for the qualifiers, not for Capcom Cup? It or would for be the for the qualifier. Okay. So, so that's sort of the punishment. If, mm-hmm. if he gets in, he gets in. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Yep. And for those of you that don't remember, uh, that's for uh, his response to uh, the previous tournament and his uh, actions after uh, dealing with frustrating situations from that tournament. So Wasn't very respectful, suffice it to say. It was somewhat disrespectful, and he didn't handle it very professionally, and a professional verdict was handed out yep. for such. Anyway, and uh, we will... We will be covering uh, some reaction to an online event a little later in the show. But yeah, moving on, because we've got a whole lot of recap to Keep go. it going. I should have put the timer up. Go for it, Steve. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Australia, uh, Australia was in the focus of the Tekken Online Challenge. Uh, Dion Gray, a name you should be familiar with if you follow the Tekken World Tour standings. Uh, he's always in the mix in the... Australian events. He got the win over Y50K, got his revenge, uh, got sent to losers in uh, top eight, but came all the way back to take it. Uh, Shout out to and then, Cheese tying for fifth. Yeah, we, we got some quality names. Uh, Terrorist is up there. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I like Danny but, uh, the Dude. Danny the Dude. But uh, after the tournament, there was, of course, the boss fight. 
with Chan and Y went down to the final, final round, but Chan pulled it off uh, to prevent the second straight uh, tournament winner from winning. And then Sunday, Alchemist, your big 7-2 winner uh, in the main event over Rec. Uh, Dion, a 5-1 win over Tin Lu, and Stuckles, 5-3 winner over Daniel. Yeah, my boy Stuckles. I don't know. He's not really my boy, but I like his name. Uh, moving on to Arc Revo. Uh, action continued on both sides of the Pacific. Uh, on the U.S. side of things, the uh, this weekend was about the south-southeast region. King John getting it done over Fame 96 in the grand final to take top honors in Grand Blue. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, for BB Tag, it was Uri who won it over uh, Jan in H-Town. You oh, see Jan. Razzo. And, yeah. Nice. Uh, Razzo and Elyon rounding out the top four. Uh, on the other side of the Pacific, uh, you had the Grand Blue Tournament for Arc Revo Japan. Taichi getting the win over scores uh, in the finale. Uh, Hakuto and Mochi beating semifinalists. Koji KOG. Koji Ko. We, got, we always got to shout him out because he's Efren, Efren's boy. Yeah. Efren loves that guy. Re representing <laughs> T-Hawk quite well. Also, by the way, I just uh, want to point out uh, another name here. Uh, is that on tie? Are all the people on the bottom right tied for ninth, or is that your one mistake this week, Steve? Nope, that's oh. tied for ninth. Okay, so cool. It's single wow. elimination. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but we have a name in there that we haven't heard in a hot minute. Ogawa. For those of you that don't know, that's uh, that's what are you standing up for? Times uh, version two from Evo a while ago was Ogawa versus uh, uh, oh my God, what was that man's name? He works on Street Fighter now. Holy Woshige. crap! Woshige. Woshige, thank you. Or as they fit, as they called him on Sports Center, Washiji. Washiji. You know whose name is not Washiji? Kwanzai. And Kwanzai. thank you, Kwanzai. Thank for... you so much for subscribing for thank almost you. now three years. One month, month away from be... three years, thirty-five months. Let's go. That is impressive. Three-year anniversary and another Twitch baby. Next month. Oh, next month. Okay. I was about to say, if it was a Twitch baby now, something wasn't adding up in my brain. Any hoozle. Uh, was that it, or was there one more? There There was one more for Japan. Uh, the Exerd tournament was won by Tomo, taking it over Nakamura in the final. Uh, you see some, some players like Nage and uh, Daru in the mix, but it's Tomo, who has come over to the U.S. before. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's been a little while, but uh, still holding it down in Guilty Gear. So congratulations to Tomo. Hell yeah. And, and this weekend was also the first event or the first week of action in the Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships. This is five different round robins uh, in five of the strongest regions in the world that will take place over seven weeks. The top four of each region make it to uh, that region's championship. They play uh, an elim or a ladder style tournament. So if you're the number one seed, you start in the finals. Uh, if you, if you finish fourth, you got to beat number three, then number two, then number one to win it. So, 
all of these just like bowling round robin matches. Yeah, kind of like a bowling uh, television televised tur- tournament. Uh, you see Goichi, the big winner in Japan. Uh, over in the U.S. West, there was a significant result. Reynold, the 5-3 win over Chris G, which we'll get into in a little bit. Obviously, it's week one out of seven, so we've got plenty of time uh, before we get a final uh, four in each region determined. I just want to say big ups to Double L for that 5-0 over LK. And uh, Mamba Lamba, honey, next time. I, I, I watch Kami stream a lot. So, like, I'm a big Kami fan, and Mamba Lamba consistently gets the work. But, like, I don't ever wish that against 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 someone. You know, you can't go against Sage and, like, not expect to get clapped, all right? We love Sage in here in this chat. We support godlike kings. I hope Kami, I hope Kami comes back. <laughs> I want to see Kami. I want to see Kami. I want to see more Kami. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure there will be lots more Kami to be had not to put words in his or her mouth. Um, sorry that I don't know <laughs> who that is. No, you're fine. I I only commentated it, uh, East Coast Dragon Ball. So it's like a lot of the names on there I highly recognize because most of them are in the Northeast. Um, I believe one of the only people who actually wasn't in the Northeast was actually Nokami, who resides in, I believe, uh, uh, I, I think it's like one of the Carolinas. I don't remember. It's North or South Carolina. Yeah. But that's crazy. It's actually really cool. Um, I thought... And, no- um, I thought No County was Florida. Oh no no I no, could, no no! I'm probably no, no, no. wrong. I'm yeah, probably uh, wrong. No Kami, No Kami. Uh, I think both No Kami and um, what's his name? Oh my God, I'm going to mess this up so much. Not Matlock, but the the guy who plays Punch Planet and Street Fighter. What, who am I thinking of? He streams Punch Planet, plays on Hitbox, has the whole back to the lab again. Okay, cool. Well, he, he also lives in, in North Carolina. Oh, Automatic. Oh, Automatic. Yes, Automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, him. He also lives in North Carolina as well. So it's like, hey, I, I, I know because I run Xanadu. So it's like when I'm looking at people to come to my events, you know, I look at people that, that mostly live inside of the regions near me. So that's always great. That's always really cool. I think that's fantastic representation. Um, it's nice to see people in the East that just aren't up in the Northeast. You know what I mean? Hey, Google, where's No Kami from? Uh, Google Voice apps on Google Play. All right. Sick. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve, uh, will you please take out your crystal ball for us and tell us what the future holds? The future holds another packed week of fighting Jesus. game tournaments. That's a lot of stuff. Because, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you think it's done. No, it ain't over. Uh, Street Fighter League continues on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships goes into round two. Uh, this weekend. You also have the final week of Arc Revo Japan. That is just BB Tag on Friday night slash Saturday morning depending on uh, where in the world you are. Uh, Saturday afternoon you've got uh, the Northeast region for Arc Revo America. You also have the U.S. Central uh, showdown for the uh, Tekken Online Challenge. And, as we mentioned, starting Friday night uh, into Saturday morning, East Asia East 2 CPT, probably the most anticipated of all the regions this year. 
the the first one where they're showing pools. It's going to be nuts. I can't wait to see what will happen. Uh, okay, so here's the sitch. Uh, we're going to get into our, our, our topics for the show today. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a 15-minute timer, and we're going to go through a couple of topics that are not on our dock. Uh, one of which I forgot to cover last week, and it was very important. Uh, so here we go. First, Capcom upgraded the Street Fighter V netcode last week. We completely <gasps> missed That's it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, responses have been from, it feels pretty good, to it feels the same, to this is bullshit. So who knows what it's like. Go play it. Uh, from what I saw, they reverted it back to how it was closer to in March. So, uh, the the people I have seen playing it seem like seem to think that something felt different in a good way. Uh, but everybody says something different online, so I haven't had the chance to play it myself yet. But I guess that'll decide that. Have you both seen anything with that, with it about it? Um, can you guys hear me? Oh, there's Steve. Uh, we can hear you. Your camera is broken, and the most precious face I have ever seen you make. Oh, man. Um, here, let me leave the call for a second and then jump back in. I'm sorry. Okay. While Steve's I'll getting set up, I'll go and do our... Actually, uh, Sharpie, oh, did you have anything you wanted one. to say? I was going to say that I actually did touch Street Fighter for the very first time um, in a very long time since the game first came out. Um, I remember how bad the netcode was back then, and mm -hmm. I will say that it still feels a little bit... It's hard, it's hard for me because I play games with very good netcode, mm -hmm. so it's still is not acceptable for me personally. And yeah. that's not any tea or shade on Street Fighter players. That's just I have very high netcode standards. So it, it doesn't feel good to me. It feels a little bit better than Dragon Ball, but it also doesn't feel as reliable as Skullgirls or Them Fighting Herds. Gotcha. And we'll get to Dragon Ball in just a little bit. Yeah, uh, we will. Welcome back, Steve. I, I like the other face better. I'm sorry. Steve, it was so empty for 30 seconds without you. I had to talk about Street Fighter. Oh dear God! I'm so Steve, sorry. I know. <laughs> Steve, what was your uh, what was your take on the Street Fighter Five netcode? Have you seen anything different with it? Um, I really haven't had a chance to dive in uh, to experience myself. I've heard good things. Um, it's at the at the very least, it's encouraging that they're continuing to work on it, even if mm -hmm. it's not perfect now. I, I, I've always felt like even if it's not a big winner uh, in terms of uh, making your money back now, I felt like it was important to do that uh, from a business perspective to win people over for Street Fighter Six or whatever the next Capcom fighting game project is going to be. Um, yeah. And especially with the way things are now, you can't be a successful you you can't be a triple a title and sidestep the netcode conversation so mm -hmm. um it's it's good that they're still taking steps at the very least yeah um for sure and if you want to read exactly what they changed you can go to the capcom shadowloo website in the latest update they have exactly what they changed there which again uh, a lot more transparency than we've ever gotten from capcom so shout outs to them uh for finally getting it right Really good steps they're taking. Love it. Love to yep. see it. Same, same, same. All right, next. Uh, this is stuff we don't have on our dock, so I'm going to take those up anyway. Um, <laughs> as of two days ago, there is a new character for Grand Blue. There we go. Gliostra. Yeah. Oh, she's so cute. 
Anyway, this oh, is no. what Grand Blue looks like now. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, not Charlotte. Yes! Oh, she's done. I've always thought like the only thing. That's my favorite. Like I thought I wanted to get into Grand Blue, but I could have used that time getting into Gotcha Life. So this is the perfect crossover for me. The perfect crossover, huh? Oh no, she's me. She's evil and sweet and a queen. Oh no. Uh oh. Looks oh, no. like Sharpie's about to spend some time on Grand Blue. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, and she's a set play character. Oh, actually no. Y'all, why are you showing me this, Elon? Well, because we have to show the trailer. She's coming out we soon to, if she hasn't or... already. Yeah. No, we gotta. <laughs> she's got, she's got like, the puddle setups, too. This is, yeah, this is cool. She's got, like, puddle setups. She's got rock. So I played Ram and, and Elixard before, you know, she got nerfed to Oblivion, and I am an Eliza player, 100%. Oh, she came out today. Holy shit. How timely. Why am I doing this stream? I could be playing her. You can get the... everyone real quick. If you're watching or listening to our podcast, stop right now, immediately. Download Grand Blue Versus and play this super cute, incredibly adorable character. Cause I'm she... about to, and you don't want to get more work than me inside she... of this game. She made a statue of herself. I'm I'm down. That's cool. I'm actually in love. Is she single? <laughs> is she looking? I I believe so. Also, speaking of which, I fucked up, and our uh, timer is gone, but it's right there. Uh, cool. So, uh, that's a new Grand Blue character. I didn't see that she came out today, so that's pretty dope. Also, they did say that the next character will be, uh, revealed in December. Uh, there's mm. typically a Grand Blue Christmas stream, uh, that sort of, like, covers the entire franchise. So, the expectation is we will learn the identity of the next character at that point, if it's not leaked beforehand. But... It could be at it could be at a different point, but that's looking like the most likely uh, time of info. Cool. Time of info is a real phrase as of now. Tough. Uh, no toy. Sorry, toi. What uh, else did we miss, Elon? There was first of all, I just want to give a shout out to our best friends over at NRS for mm. doing a combat cast before our show, so we have shit to talk about. Thank you, NRS, our besties. Uh, they did a combat cast and they also released a trailer for rain gameplay. Let's take a gander. Forgot to hit play. Still haven't hit play. Now I'm hitting play. <laughs> Here's some audio. It's loud. Alright, oh, turn yes. it down. Kotal Khan. Praise the sun. I need neither reptile nor ermac to kill you. Oh, they're not. They're both not here. You finished. Anyway, let's check out some of this, uh, rain gameplay, yeah? Ooh. Well. He's got the backswing well. blow. He's got the waves. Yo, I like that range though. Ooh, Yo, his movement's got... very fluid. Like water? <laughs> See now this is the shit right here. He turns into water. He does a Bruce Lee. Be water, my friend. And then the big wave. I think the fact that he kicks waves at people is hilarious, and I love it. That's what that's what everyone from the watery realm gets to do. You mean Adania? 
Come on, Steve. So it kind of just feels like someone was like, man, Sub-Zero would be so cool if you didn't just freeze people. And they're like, you sure? And oh, I guess the answer was just yes. Whoa, Jeez, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do, you, do both of you not know the lore between Rain, Talk the Prince the of Vidinia? Anyway, there he goes. You got dishwasher. Man, Rain just looks thirsty, honestly. He got the eyeballs. Alrighty, so that's rain. Well, no, this is rain. There he is. And then they have the badass. Just like in the old times, they have his old pose. That's pretty sick. I'm a fan. So that's rain. Uh, and they showed him off along with a couple of the other characters, I believe, today at the uh, combat cast. Thank you. Uh, so it was nice to see those guys again uh, doing combat cast stuff, even though it was remote due to the pandemic uh, of... Uh, Due to the pandemic of the world today, uh, they were doing it remotely. But it's always nice to see the dev team and the folks over at NRS showing off the game. Making it look good as they usually do. Any thoughts on Rain? Seems like the forecast was telling us about Rain. We just weren't paying attention. Casters, you're welcome for that. Y'all can steal it. Just give, you know, obviously credit to myself. That was a very good liner that I just wrote right now. I'm available for hire. I need work. I, I cannot give an unbiased uh, opinion on Rain because he is, you know, being purple, purple Rain is obviously a nod to Prince. And as a Minnesotan, it is in the state constitution that I praise everything that Prince, that is Prince or Prince Tangent. Therefore, Rain is the greatest character ever made by Netherrealm, without question. Even more than Sub-Zero, who was my main growing up, but only because Rain didn't exist yet. Yep. Um, but, but Prince is really good, though. Uh, the, Prince let me, really let good. me... Prince is awesome. Yeah, but before we move on, Paco Stevens showed up in the chat. Everybody give a round of applause to Paco Stevens for pulling the strings over at NRS and making the combat cast before our show. I don't know if he actually did that or not, but I'm just assuming he did. So thank we you, Paco appreciate Stevens. all developers and developer-adjacent volunteers and our community members that work hard to make sure that FGC talk shows like ours continue to have content because no one wants to hear me talk about how fantastic it is that you can support a local FGC podcast exclusively by hitting that follow and subscribe button and giving us $5.99 on Twitch. Hell yeah. Also, no one shit, wants to hear that. breaking news, Paco Stevens saying that there could be next more news next Tuesday and the one after that too. Ooh. So... And he used and the, the cave, so it's official. Yes. It's yes, official. That is, that's how you can tell the real stuff from the fake. Yep. If it's C-O-U-L-T, it's not MK related. At can all. we get him our email just for other little, you know, important information he may ever want to tell us? <laughs> well, he's right there in the Twitch chat. Uh, just yeah, send right, it to him. Right. <laughs> uh no, thank you as always, Lord Paco Stevens, for all that you do for us and shaping the NetherRealm Studios to make sure that we can talk about it on a Tuesday. So much appreciated. But uh, somebody else was saying, was asking if uh, the rain pose from the end is from the old games. Yes, Mortal Kombat 3, every time you won, he would go like this. Except without raising his legs. He would just stand perfectly straight and just go, you know? <laughs> so... It was the <laughs> earliest form of T-posing to uh, establish dominance. Yeah, because yeah. the T-posing is this. He did this. So yeah. you know he's, it was he's great. fucking real. Yeah. It was kind of great. 
it, it was a curved T. It was a squiggly T. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for Rain, man. I, I feel I think a, a lot of other people are excited for Rain because people have been asking for that character since Mortal Kombat 10. And in Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat 10, he was in the game in the story mode. That was it. I, I need some. I need some clarification. Was there a comma in that phrase? I'm excited for Rain Man. Yes. Because it is, you know, with the number of movie characters that are making the game, it's not impossible that Rain Man makes the cut in combat back. Oh no. Could be. Well, I mean, they already have Rain. Do you think they would have Rain Man? What about Rayman? Yes. Stop it. We're stopping it right now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm moving on to the next conversation topic, which is Elon. De- definitely. The next fatal. conversation definitely topic. Definitely fatal. Fatality. Um, Rain Man, Starman is also a good movie. You know what? Can we just get every Mega Man boss ever as a Mortal Kombat character? I think that's what needs to happen next. Uh, but I did mistime everything, so we have about two minutes and 20 seconds. Are there any other pieces of news that we want to cover that is not on this doc before we move on? Yeah, sure. Go um, for it. It's so snowing. important. Oh, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> no, you do, you do it. You do it. Um, so in the smaller communities, uh, first and foremost inside the Skullgirls community, there was a large release yesterday um, afternoon that was actually Annie, the brand new Skullgirls character, was released for the very first time on Skullgirls Mobile. Um, it was actually not a bad release. Uh, typically what Hidden Variable will do is they will actually take down the application, uh, push it through the App Store and the, or the uh, Google Play Store and then get the update and everything like that. I've played her quite a bit absolutely a big fan of Annie and what it means for the game. I'm really excited. A lot of people seem to think that for some reason uh, this character is not going to come out inside a second encore. That is not the case. The character is still coming out in 2021 and I'm very very excited to see how this character is going to play in second encore because she's kind of busted inside of Skullgirls Mobile right now. She's incredibly broken. There are a lot of moves that she is able to do that kind of disregard the rules of Skullgirls entirely. And it's always great to see something like that just shake up the meta. So I'm excited for that. Um, there, There is a little bit of other talks in them fighting herds, fighting fanatics, announced a brand new tournament series, which I'm very excited about, as well as some new content. Really, really cool. Um, super great things coming out, both the, the them fighting herds community and Skullgirls community. That's dope. Um, has, has the... Has, like, the community shifted at all for them's fighting herds after they were announced to have a, a spotted Evo? Like, has that community grown um, much? To be honest, uh, I think after the Evo spot was announced, them fighting herds became a much bigger community. And I've, I feel like they've been able to handle that growth very, very well in general. I'm seeing a lot of new faces start to get more comfortable around the game. And while I'm not seeing the same amount of content that I like to see come out from new creators inside of the game because I'm very familiar with the game I'm excited to make content for it just to get more people excited about it in general but um I, I think they've grown quite a bit I think they're just having some issues maintaining that growth just because of the mm-hmm. uh, the silence since Evo but uh, they're definitely still moving on upward which is great to see hell yeah that's never a bad thing a rising tide play them fighting herds or a tide sink <laughs> fuck <laughs> damn it roll tide <laughs> no, I was gonna say something on a rising tide raises all ships, but I just couldn't get More it. More than play them fighting herds. We can't even say pl- play them fighting herds now three times on the stream to let people know they can go to playtfh.sharkypls.com to pick up the game on Steam, which is currently ten dollars and ninety nine cents. That's crazy. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> affiliate links in full effect. <laughs> um, okay, so 
now we have the regular topics from our doc. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, let's let's just start with the one up top, shall we, Steve? Um, I sadly don't have that link pulled up. But uh, you go ahead and tee it up. I'll start the timer and I'll pull it up as soon as I get it. So here we go. Timer starts. Nowzers. So um, a little uh, last Wednesday, there was a piece of media from CNN making the rounds inside the FGC. It was a documentary piece, or a excuse me, a video piece attached to an article about Ryan Hart, uh, one of the old school, still doing it by the way, but one of the OGs in competitive gaming. Uh, you can't really tell the story of competitive fighting game tournaments without talking about Ryan Hart. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt, the timer isn't moving. Well, that's dumb. I just wanted to let you know, Steve, it just felt like an organic time to say that. Okay, well, it's moving now. So pretend there that go. there's... Alright, so start it over. No. Okay. Ryan Hart. Damn it, I copied the wrong one. Fuck. I, will, I will throw the link into Twitter, uh, or into the chat, uh, but it's a piece that talks about... Uh, basically how he got started and where he came from. And it talks a lot more about um, where, where, how he came up as someone who for a time was homeless, uh, which not a lot of people know, uh, to, to achieve the heights that he has achieved, which is, you know, it's awesome to see, obviously. Um, but it's, re and it's really nice to see you know, some sort of positive coverage for something. Because usually, let's be honest, when whenever the FGC tends to get in, get the attention of sites that aren't FGC-focused, it's usually some sort of, uh, some sort of controversy, some sort of incident uh, mm -hmm. that has people talking. So to get some sort of... There he is. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so to let people see that, hey, you know, there's positive stuff that can come out of the games and the community that surrounds them. Also, just to point something out, uh, when you saw the the uh, the volume thing on the video, that was straight up from the video itself. See, look, let's find let's find it again. See, that's on the video itself. That wasn't me. So don't even don't even start. Whoever was using that Mac didn't know to not capture the screen. Um, <laughs> but um, it's so cool to see a player get their story told uh, in something like CNN for starters. But to then learn that, you know, he went through so many trials and tribulations to get to where he is now. Where I remember just a couple years ago, uh, he did that big event where he broke like a couple of Guinness World Records uh, for playing video games. Right. Where yeah, he did the yeah. where he sat down and he played the longest uh, set of matches ever. He won the most sets of matches in one sitting, and he also played the largest set in one sitting. I think something like he that. He also got a, the the title as like a, the longest competitive gamer or something like that. Yeah, something like Old that. Old competitive gamer, something like he got into the 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 Hall of Fame for his achievements in gaming. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, there is Ryan Hart showing he's got 
heart. Oh, they boy. said Urian with a Y. They Don't did see say that? Urian with a Y, yeah. They said Urian. I was like, wait a second. There it is. <laughs> he did it again. Y, ah. Y-U-R-I-A-N. Oh, no. Urian. Urian Hart. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so if you have if you have yourself two and a half minutes, please go to Twitter uh, to the link that Steve posted. Uh, I believe they also have a bunch of other articles as well, right, Steve? They do have a, an article on the uh, CNN site, which I just linked in the chat. So, so please go check all that stuff out because uh, what better way to show our support to somebody who has made such an impact on our community than to go to a CNN website and give them those ad clicks. Know what I'm saying? We support Disney in this household. For sure. Because <laughs> Disney owns CNN and ESPN. Uh, just like the no, Uriah. CNN's Turner, I believe. Yeah, CNN is Turner. Oh, right. which is also owned by Disney? No, Turner, I think, is no. owned by Turner. I think Turner is its own. Oh. Thing. Hey, Google. Oh. It's Google only a matter of Turner time. Broadcasting. Possibly. Oh, it's Warner Media, which is hey, owned a by AT&T. So. AT&T. Yeah. So it, 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 it wasn't that <laughs> conglomerate. It was the other conglomerate. Other Dang conglomerate it. we forgot about. Ugh. <laughs> Um, just like, uh, the Dimsdale Dimmodome, owned by Doug Dimmodome, the owner of the Until Dimsdale he sold Dimmodome. it to Disney. Until he sold yeah. it to Dimma Disney. That ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, congratulations, obviously, to Ryan Hart, an inspiration to all of us inside of the fighting game community, inspiration to myself, and a bunch of next generation hosts, commentators, players, and content creators alike. Always fantastic to see... Black men inside this community doing great things. You remember that? Uh, you remember that commentator grudge match he had with Rip? Yes. We don't talk was... about that. <laughs> Why not? We, that was awesome. We talk about that. We talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear the very nice, politically correct everything statement? The nice little wrapping up bow tie I put on top of that, and then you're just like, "Yo, you remember the straight up thuggery <laughs> moment right yeah. here, bro?" We have five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. You know we what? weren't even on Twitch at the time. We were on Justin TV. You remember that shit, Sharpie? I... Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but this happened like a year ago. Actually, wait. Was it this year? Or was it last year? It, it was... Hey, Google. When did Ryan Hart and Rip play? I believe it was 20... Yeah, it was 2019. Uh, Bulldogs yeah, the, the, give the, the... back Walton, Rick, Reinhardt. Okay, so... The old the uh, initial confrontation was uh, during Tekken World Tour Finals in 2018, okay. and then they had the set in 2019. Okay, so it was last year. All right, cool. I thought my sense of timing it's, it's, was off again. And the thing with Reinhardt uh, is that he often gets a bit overlooked because you know when at least from the American perspective. Oops. Yeah, you know, when we talk Hi. about. Go ahead. <laughs> When we talk about some of the old heads in the FGC, we, we talk about Daigo and we talk about Justin. And it sort of all focuses on that. But Ryan Hart was really inter instrumental to uh, not just the gaming scene in in general, but the European scene in particular. I believe uh -huh. he is the first person, first fighting game player to actually be, be uh, on a pro contract. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. So... So it's good to see him get some recognition for for his uh, for his efforts. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, every every time Ryan Hart's brought up, I always remember the first ever NLBC I went to uh, back mm. when I lived in Philadelphia uh, was the last Arcade Edition 2012 NLBC, right before Ultra released. So I got to see, uh, and that was like the same weekend that the uh, the NYU tournament was happening. So uh, Seth Killian was there, uh, Ryan Hart was there, uh, Gamer B was there, Justin Wong was there. Everybody was there for this uh, uh, for this tournament the next day. And I remember talking to him, and I didn't know much about the FGC, but him and I had a really good conversation where uh, he specifically spoke about how to like how to go from zero into what the FGC is, right? And most of it, from his experience, just boiled down to just going to places and talking to people, right? The game is mm-hmm. a very strong part of it, sure, but uh, the more knowledge you get, like the more base knowledge you get is just from having conversations with other people and playing other people and talking about the game instead of just grinding it out in the lab. Go ahead. For the record, uh, there are so many talented people inside of the UK that I think Ryan Hart really opened a door for. Mm-hmm. And you see it, I want to say especially, a, a really good example is like Dragon Ball. There's such a strong United Kingdom scene for that game, which is a newer game, but a lot of the people in that scene came from uh, came from a, a community that Ryan helped foster yep. in and of himself, which is kind of amazing. Like, I know that Ryan personally, like, was looking to help content creators in general across the globe when he was working at ESL. And I like took him up on that offer and I learned a lot working with him in general, just on a volunteer basis. But it's like, it's amazing to see the amount of opportunity he continues to provide Mm -hmm. even without, even without just being a dedicated in a dedicated leadership position. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really helps the FGC continue to function is there are so many people like that in our community. It's, it's a rarity. So it's like, it's interesting that everyone's like, he consistently gets overlooked because he does. He works with a lot of people on the back end. Like, yep. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think like it was ever really public knowledge that I worked with him before, to be honest. And it's not like, it's not like because I haven't said it before. It's just like, because it's like, no one publicizes things like that because it's like, who want, who cares? Who does this thing? They just see the thing and they click like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? No one realizes how much opportunity people get behind the scenes when when leaders give other people opportunities to come up. And that's yep. huge. That's a fundamental part. It's not always just, oh, someone's just getting a lot of praise right now. There are a lot of people that built that person up. And a lot of those people were in situations like that before. That is such a crux of the FGC and one of, honestly, the reasons why I love it so much. I know it's a little bit tangent to now, but I that's why I, I am especially happy to see Ryan Hart making it big on that media circuit. And I know it's not mm-hmm. a, like a huge achievement for him, or anything like that, but it's a big moment for the community in general because what that means is that there are even more faces that are going to get opportunity exclusively because he existed, and that's huge. Congratulations yep. again to Ryan Hart. Yep, it's just like we were talking about Mena. He's another one of those people that took the scene to where from where it was and just threw it up in the air. Beautiful. Nice. That was really good, Elon. I'm pretty sure threw really it up good. in the air could have been a better phrase, but you know what? Fuck it. And that's what we you could have said, and then he just swish, the and then if you had the, the the like the little ding, if you said, and then swish, and then her ding ding ding, that would have been because you kind of did like a you know basketball then, thing. Yeah, but yeah, Steve call, even better than me because I can't even fake the basketball thing. He did the whole layup, and I was just sitting here like trying to hold a baby. See, if you if you do that though, you can't do that without calling out Kobe. That's just mm. that's just intergalactic law. Kobe. Intergalactic loss. <laughs> um, okay. Preemptively, I'm going to add my five minutes to this next topic piece because I have things I'd like to say. 
Okay. Uh, Steve, do you want to tee it up and then Sharpie, you can spike it down? Of course. All right. Okay, then. Uh, we, we got a 10 or a 15-er. Call it out. Uh, uh, let's do, because we've got two more topics to go. So let's do 15 on this and 10 on that, on the next. Okay, here you go. The timer is broken. Nice. Right. Three so minutes. We... Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, oh, dicks. All right. Okay, fixed it. Here we go. The timer We're a family is... family-friendly podcast. <laughs> go. Hooray. Uh, so we've alluded to this a couple times uh, throughout the evening. Uh, during the Dragon, the Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships, uh, there was a set between Chris G and Reynold. They have played several times before. Uh, this was an online set. The entire tournament is online. Um, and Chris ended up on the losing end. Um, afterwards, he took to Twitter and posted a twit longer, which I'm going to link in the chat right now. Uh, but... Can you also uh, read it in its entirety after after you're done with whatever? I think it's important uh, just to have it on record for our listeners. All right, I will. Here's what he posted uh, on Sunday. Quote, I've experienced stuttered before, but not like last night. I don't play PC DBFZ much, and I don't do lobbies, so this was new to me. Last night's set with Reynold was an interesting one, full of mashing and drop combos. I've played Reynold many times, and it was never this bad. This was almost unplayable. Even during the first t touch of death, I said out loud, this can't be real, and prayed to God I didn't drop the combo. As the set went on, I cared less and less as more combos were dropped. After the third game, I legit thought about quitting. With that said, I refuse to do six more weeks of this. Even if I win all of my matches, I refuse to play in a serious situation where I cannot give it my all and have the commentators make excuses for why I can't do ABC combos. With that said, I'm dropping out of the world tour. Thank you for the opportunity and good luck to everyone involved. I'll stick to casuals. Lol. End quote. All that said, apparently, and he has not reversed his stance over the last couple of days, Chris G is withdrawing from the uh, DBFC National Championships. Uh, this is an ongoing series, uh, seven weeks long. Uh, so it is unclear at this time uh, whether they will there will be any sort of replacement, how that will be handled if he will come back if if there'll just be a seven person round robin going forward uh bandai namco has yet to make any sort of statement on that so but yeah um how i know sharpie you feel a certain kind of way about this so i'm interested to hear what you've quick. got to say because i've, I've got some thoughts i've got some. all thoughts. right now here's my thing all right. I understand that, first of all, Chris is a player, first and foremost. I am in no way, shape, or form discussing Chris as in, in regards to any of his play at any previous tournaments. I'm exclusively going right now on this twit longer. And I understand I may get some hate for this statement, but I am prepared for this, and I've been prepared for it since he made this statement. In fact, in fact, y'all, I even waited for this good old 
FGC Tuesday to bring you Sharpie Says on this topic. Now look, y'all. Now look, 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 look. Here's the real. It is no surprise to anyone that the Dragon Ball netcode is booty. It's straight up butt. Everyone knows that. People get paid a lot of money to talk about the game on a professional level, and sometimes you can't certain certain things with sponsored. I am in such a fantastic position to not be sponsored and be able to say whatever I would like about that game and have it not affect my payload or my workload whatsoever. So I'm going to say it. It's not that great, okay? They, We know it. We know it. We know how Bandai feels about it. We know how Bandai feels about transparency of either game. We understand all of that. That's not, no tea, no shade. It is what it is, right? Here's what I do not appreciate. First of all, having, we're not even going to talk about the grammar side of this tweet longer. We're not going to discuss it. What I am going to say is a lot of that statement was very, very No Johns-esque, right? It sounds like the man was making excuses. If you enter a tournament if you enter a tournament to play and then you lose and then you say, oh, the reason I lost was net play, honey, don't act like you didn't know what you were going into in the start. I don't appreciate that at all, Chris. I really don't. And I'm, I'm being real with you. That's what it is. That's really what it is. It's a fantastic opportunity for a non-sponsored player. That's a lot, a lot of eyes on you. You know it. You are, were a professional player. You still are a professional player. You know exactly how you are expected to act in that vacation. Creating a twit longer like that, especially when you're not you're not saying exactly what you mean, which is, first of all, I had a horrible ex experience here, and you give excuses by saying it was just mashing and stuttering and this, this, and that. You aren't saying the cause of, okay, because the net play was bad here, here is my evidence of this, this, and that. No developer is going to look at that. It's just complaining. It's really just blatant complaining. That's what's frustrating to me, is that Chris knows how to address this problem correctly. And there is such a history in general with statements coming from Chris G that are saying how he feels and not what he means. And this is another one of those statements and I'm just kind of tired of it at this point. I really am. But last time this stuff got huge press because it was about a racial component. But the reality is the man doesn't even care enough to be specific about what the issue is. He had an opportunity here to make a real statement about saying I am not playing here because it is this bad and players have done this before inside of different games I will I will I will bring everybody's memory back over to oh uh, Street Fighter didn't a player drop out because the connection was literally so bad like literally didn't they just say I DQ myself like that has happened before this was an opportunity and it was an opportunity that was unfortunately wasted because he got his feelings involved in the verdict which is incredibly unfortunate I myself have been a victim of having a terrible connection inside of an online game. And I understand how frustrating it is when you have practiced at length to be very, 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 very talented and very, very good inside of a game. And then by no fault of your own, something unfortunate happens inside of the game because of the net code. And I understand how frustrating that can be, but you have to remove those emotions when you make a public statement like this, because more than just stream monsters and FGC influencers or, or, or news articles are going to see it. It's about understanding that you have a responsibility to the community and, and, and a platform to make things better. This statement just reads as complaining. It's very frustrating to me. It is because if anyone else had made this statement, if I saw this statement coming from like the Kill Sage, if I saw the statement coming from Alucard, if I saw the statement coming from like 
shoot, even Hook Gang God, I have a pretty good feeling that like all those statements would have been more serious about, hey, here is why I'm not playing. It's not because of my opponent. It's not because of my internet. It's because this game does not allow me to play at the level that I feel I can compete at successfully. If he had even said that inside of a singular sentence there, I would have had a lot more respect for him because I would have been like, I'm really happy that Chris has learned from all of this experience and understood how to get his get his words across in a positive way to developers, but that's not what the case is. Now look, like I said before, it's an unpopular opinion. I know people are gonna disagree with me. I know people are gonna be like, you can't come at Chris G like that. You can't say this, this, and that. But the reality is we are no longer in 2009. We are no longer in 2000. We are now in 2020. There is a different standard inside the Binding Game community. Players are held to a different standard. Influencers are held at a different standard. Streamers are held at a different standard. I expect Chris to be able to exist inside of that standard, and this statement does not do that for me. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to me. That's all it is. Now, like, I would get it. I would get it if it wasn't such a big deal. If he had, if he, if he wasn't, if he wasn't even trying to make a point, but he has said multiple times that I'm saying this, hoping that they will do better. And it's like, were you really? Because it, that statement didn't in any way, shape or form seem like you were trying to help the developers understand what they could do better here. It doesn't. It just reads as you are frustrated that this happened and you're mad and so you're leaving. That's all it says. And that, that doesn't, no other players inside of the Dragon Ball community have done anything like that. They've all said that the netcode is bad. But you had an opportunity here to stand up and speak on their behalf and you did not do that. And that's frustrating to me. Real talk. Now y'all can, can come for me on Twitter. My at is DAPurpleSharpie. It's right here. Best direct your hate and come ready because I had to keep that mute button on lock, honey. What's up? I, w I will... Let me let me ask you this. Uh, you you talked about Chris not using his platform uh, mm -hmm. to to facilitate change. Do you think it's necessarily his responsibility as a player to put that That's, out there? Here's my frustration. He has said on his stream before that he is frustrated by this, right? And so I feel like if you're going to make a statement, a public statement about it, that that's then going to be circulated because Christy is a very big player inside of the FGC. I feel like you have a certain sense of responsibility in that regard, right? Now, if it was just a private statement that was made on a stream offhandedly, I would understand. But the man sat down and made a twit longer saying why he wasn't competing inside of a circuit anymore. I'd have to believe that there's some level of thought and intention that went into that. That's why it's frustrating to me is because See, every... I See, but here's here's also here's the thing, and this is why this is why I feel so strongly about it, is because there have been other statements before that Chris has made that goes inside of the same vein where the problem is he gets emotion inside of he gets emotional inside of these statements, right? So it's it's more for me, it's a whole idea of growing as a person and understanding that, hey, maybe my maybe my context wasn't hundred percent clear here and I can get through in a positive and respectful manner. I'm not seeing any of that growth in any of the statements that Chris has made in like the past year. That's my frustration with it, genuinely. I'm not even just upset about this statement. I'm upset because it seems like if he really, I don't feel like he has an obligation necessarily to, to commit to it because one, he's not sponsored by any team whatsoever. Two, while he is a professional player, I, I and you may have to fact check me on this, I don't know 100%, but I don't believe he's currently looking for sponsorship. I don't know 100% on that. I'm getting mixed weird whenever I asked someone I got like weird you know around the mill like responses so I don't even know and I'm not friends with him so like it's weird 
Um, but like, if he's really not interested in being sponsored or anything like that, then I don't feel like he has any obligation. But if he actually does care about the game or other people or respect people that compete professionally in the game, I feel like making a statement like that, that is that emotional and that nondescript is very insulting. That's how I feel about it. See, I, I don't think, in my book, I don't necessarily think that being nondescript in this case is is necessarily a knock because it's mm. pretty clear that it's pretty clear why he dropped out. You know, it, he may not have said it in the in the nicest way, but he's putting the blame on the net code for for not being able to be conductive to a uh, worthy competition. And he's not the only person who said that. He's far from the only one. He's far from the only person in this competition to say something about the netcode. Um, I know, I believe it was Supernoon who said he, mm -hmm. that they weren't streaming during the tournament uh, because of how bad the netcode was already. And he didn't want to pour, mm -hmm. pour anything on top of that. So I, I just don't think that, I, I think that the fact that a known player, I mean, of all the players, whatever you think of him personally, Chris G is one of the most well-known players in this competition. And for him to quit, uh, to leave, to walk out on the tournament after one game or after one set, I think that puts a bigger spotlight of the on the problem than any nicely worded uh, post could. I think that is something that gets the attention of people who uh, don't just follow the game hardcore, but just casual followers. Like, wow, a pro player quit the game because it, it's like, do you remember uh, which tournament was it? It was, we talked about it briefly on here, Elon. Uh, mm -hmm. It was some sort of esports game. Uh, I, I don't think it was Call of Duty. I think it was something else where the winners won the tournament, won the $10,000 or whatever the prize was, and they talked about how bad the game was and they were quitting the game to play mm. literally anything else. And and if you didn't follow that, if you follow that game, that was big news, but that was also big news for people who didn't follow the game because, man, they just won money playing this and they're quitting. How bad mm. must the game must be? It's that sort of uh, reaction that I think we're, we're seeing gonna see here you know wow a player is literally quitting on the biggest tournament of the year because there is no dbfc world tour so for them to walk out how bad how much of a problem is the netcode i think that is really you know from a player's perspective that's the biggest thing you can do to shine a light on it i understand that but if he was really interested in shining a light he would have phrased it differently knowing that it would have gotten back to developers he would have said very specifically it is an issue with the net code is it an issue it is an issue specifically with this he wouldn't have added mashing or dropped combos or anything like that because that could have personally been his internet connection he would have personally put the blame like i i'm 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 gonna say a quote real quick just from the context knowing i only have a couple more seconds but the specific line of last night's set with reynold was an interesting one full of mashing and dropped combos that makes it seem like it's just a skill gap why wouldn't you specifically he, not once 
inside of this entire statement does he call out Bandai Namco? Like, that's frustrating. And I know, I know that's it. I know that's all the time we have. But, like, that's that. Why wouldn't you identify the problem? Why do you call the person that you're talking to or playing with? Why do you call his their name more than specifically the developers of the game who you want to fix the issue? Or do you not want it fixed? That's that's the problem I have with it. I'm, can I call I my three-minute extension? Can you, I call my three-minute extension? Do you want to have the final Let's word? Let's do it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. All right, we'll do three minutes. Hold yeah, because we still got to talk about the other thing, too, a little yeah. bit. But mm -hmm. All right. Okay, I, I, I well, want to keep this going. Here you go. It's three a good minutes. One. It's a good one, is it not? It's a good it, one. It, it, it's juicy. Oh, actually, hold on. Hold on. Before, before you go through the three minutes, let me pause the timer. It didn't even start. Perfect. Uh, Chris, you walked out on this tournament. It's awful. Somebody who's never walked out on us is 00Tinger. Thank you, 00Tinger, for your seven months. Thank you. All right. Now, please go on. Here you go. Timer starts now. I missed. Like, hold on. Fuck. All right. Go. You talked about how... Um, if it would have been worded nicely, that would help it get back to the developers. I think this is getting back to the developers anyway. I, I think this is a very public rebuke. Even if you don't, if even if he didn't specifically say it was because of the netcode, you know it's because of the netcode. I know it's because of the netcode. Everyone who plays the game knows it's because of the netcode. And everyone associated with the game knows it's because of the netcode. So I don't think it was necessary here. You know, would it have been a nice? Sure, absolutely. You know, if it would be great if we could have pull out um, perfectly worded statements that found just the right way to convey how we feel. But I think, like, this is a situation where the action speaks louder than the words. And this is a very significant action. Can I chime in for a moment here? Absolutely. I understand why you feel that way. I work very closely with different developers. I can tell you that this is just going to get lost in the whole idea of there is no positive feedback right here. Mans is mad that he lost. That's what I see here when I read it. If I was a developer, I would see the exact same thing. I would see someone who's not in any way, shape, or form affiliated with any big team. I'm not paying any money from Bandai specifically for this player or anything like that. Also, not to mention, if, this, if Chris was ever looking for another opportunity with another team, this has now shown people that maybe he can't convey his point in the best way possible. So that's burned a lot of bridges that didn't even need to happen. Now, look, I understand a lot of people being like, he has no responsibility to speak this way or speak professionally or do this or that that this man is a pillar inside the fighting game community how many times are we going to give someone a pass just because they were here way back when y'all there have been a lot of people who have been here way back when and they still manage to respect the community and respect people that are inside playing it without trashing everybody for playing in it that's that's what this statement did there were a lot of other people that also had to play through terrible connections through a bunch of horrible lag they didn't make statements and if they had they would have made it in a respectful way not trashing anybody else for playing the game that's frustrating that's annoying i love dragon ball fighters too and i don't play it because the netcode is bad i have never been silent about that fact but i've also been respectful to everyone else who does play it that's all i'm asking for is some amount of respect for people that are still playing the game that and i don't feel like any of that was conveyed it was just his emotions it was very very selfish and a lot of chris's statements are like that it's very frustrating i get it ogs don't have any 
responsibility to do that, but wouldn't it be nice if we started to expect more from people to do that, to represent our community, to come over here and say specifically why they don't like something so that it can go back to developers and they can change something for the better? Wouldn't that be a nice world to live in? Don't we deserve it would be that? Nice. It would be nice if we felt like our complaints were being listened to, but we've seen that with DBFC, we've seen that with so many other games where we say netcode, 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 and oh, here's, uh, like, they, they put out a little fix for the netcode where you punish players who disconnect more harshly. That's great. Mm. But, you know, it doesn't address the core problem that so many people have, is that, especially right now, we can't play in a suitable way at all. So, and with as far as Chris's uh, statements, burning bridges, uh, in terms of things Chris G has said that would I burn know. bridges with with uh, esports teams, this is pretty damn low. <laughs> it just, for me personally, it just shows that he's not really committed to doing better. That's what's frustrating about it, honestly. And I say that as knowing full well what type of feedback I'm going to get back from it. And honestly, I don't even care. I really don't. Those are my opinions. I know I'm not probably the only one in the world that has those opinions because when I saw this statement, I was really hoping that it wasn't just another complaint, honestly. And even if it was a complaint, which I'm ready to read, I was hoping that it would be addressed in an educated and respectful way, and it wasn't. And why? 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 Because right? Look, people in chat are like, he still wins. I was like, I don't have an issue with him winning, y'all. It has nothing to do with skin whatso skill whatsoever. I'm talking about the statement that's coming from this, because what would have been even better was would have been, what if he got a bunch of other players to co-sign the statement? What if he literally made a statement saying, hey, this is unplayable for us. It was a really terrible connection and we refused to play under these conditions and a bunch of other people signed under it what if we had super noon what if we had no kami what if we had sage and sonic what if we had goichi underneath that no one's gonna sign on to this statement no one is y'all may hate to hear it but that's real like uh, it's whatever it's totally fine if y'all want to keep everything 100 percent, people who win and just don't know how to act around a community are fine that's chill y'all keep that up Y'all do what y'all got to do. But I'm saying the fighting game community is not moving to that in the future. It's annoying. It's whatever. Okay. What I'm upset about is nobody respected the fucking timer. All right? I know you guys were... <laughs> I, I, really let it, I let it we rock. We really didn't there. I'm I, sorry. No, I let it rock because you guys... Well, I'm sorry. Our responses were delay-based. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, no, I know you guys were, uh, were in it. That's why I let it rock, but... Respect the fucking time. I put I put yeah, all we have, of an we have hour last in there. minute conversations about some other things. <laughs> I apologize for going over my time. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, here we go. Ten more minutes on the clock. Steve, you're gonna set this one up, I believe. Do, Correct. Do we? I, I think we got to do like five because okay. So five we minutes. Can do on ten. The clock. We can do ten. It's okay. We can take it from next cast. We can take away my five minutes from next cast. Uh, okay. Well, hold on. Then let me put the ten there. That's what happens when there's too many. Changes all at the same time. Ten minutes on the clock. So today, we got a wave of DCMA takedowns across multiple Twitch streamers. Uh, several, several streamers reported that they got notices from Twitch uh, that indicated that they had at least one broadcast uh, that was detected as having... Uh, violated DCMA, uh, basically copyright uh, 
most most common it's copyrighted music that Twitch doesn't have uh, the right to host on their channels. What obviously anytime you deal with that, people are going to be up in arms. What has people up in arms, especially for this, is that Twitch talked about um, in the statement uh, that they have dis- they have deleted uh, previous the. Uh, content that infringed. So if you have VODs that were detected as uh, violating copyright, those are deleted. Let me read the exact statement. Uh, Quote, we are writing to inform you that your channel was subject to one or more of these DMCA takedown notifications and that the content identified has been deleted. We recognize that by deleting this content, we are not giving you the option to to file a counter notification or seek a retraction from the rights holder. In consideration of this, we have processed these notifications and are issuing you a one-time warning to give you the chance to learn about copyright law and the tools available to manage the content on your channel. End quote. So this is another one of those issues of a company not being necessarily transparent and having an open communication with the people that are on their platform. So I think that's basically what it boils down to, right? Because uh, it has never been an issue. DMCAs have been an issue for a long time. It has never been an issue for Twitch as far as we know. Correct? Uh, But I do know that in the the past, the way they they have been dealing with this is they have been muting VODs that included this copyrighted content. Uh, Now... And we've been muted in the past. Um, Have we? I remember the, yeah, the uh, trailer from... All Mortal uh, Kombat. uh, Not Mortal Kombat that I can recall, but the uh, Climax of Night trailer had Mm. the New World Symphony in that, and that uh, got marked. Gotcha. They should have just used the free version, or the royalty-free version instead of the uh, London Symphony one. Uh, But anyway, so the big issue that's happening now is... uh, this is going beyond VODs. This is going towards highlights and clips. And tw- highlights and clips were not monitored at all. So somebody has finally filed a DMCA complaint on a clip. Uh, and now Twitch is trying to avoid any and all legal trouble by taking care of all clips and all highlights. The way they're going about it is what's kind of rough. Because getting this notice out of nowhere just saying, Hey, this was an issue. We deleted it. Thanks. Bye. Is kind of shitty. Because you could have very easily given notice like, hey, this is an issue. Uh, This needs to be removed. Please remove it or we'll remove it Uh, or something like that. Having an open communication and trusting the people that are on your platform. Now, the hard thing is Twitch is like the what? The number five, the fifth most visited website in the world. Something like that. Uh, I think it's it's definitely in top five. If I remember correctly, it's number two in terms of video only behind YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to try to manage that with the billions and billions of people that are streaming on Twitch. So I don't know, man. I feel like just clearer communication would have been good, but, uh, and this kind of seems like it's like a panic and like knee-jerk reaction to, oh, we don't want to get sued. Delete everything. Right. So just Amazon's lawyers doing their job. Could be. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the people who and the, the thing that's kind of sad it's not even the people who wrote the music it's the people who own the rights to the music that other people wrote and they're taking this down but that's a whole another different discussion uh 
but yeah. The, the biggest thing that worries me, aside from the issues with how Twitch is, itself is handling, where basically we're taking away your, the content that you've worked on. Let this be a lesson. <laughs> yeah. That's aside from that, um, Alex Valle on Twitter brought up a point. His archives got muted uh, when he played WWE Battlegrounds because the sensors got triggered or the uh, notif- or the uh, DMCA got triggered by mm-hmm. the wrestler's entrance music. But that's part of the game. Yeah, that's licensed for the game. That's licensed for the game. There are a bunch of games where you have music license. Think about can you ever play an old Grand Theft Auto game ever again now with those radio stations? It's like, it's just asking for it. This is going to open the door. And we've actually seen sometimes where the rights hold or what gets uh, marked as uh, copyrighted shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, the rights holders have given permission and it's just the yeah. algorithm for whatever reason doesn't know that this is an okay case, so uh, it, yeah, it's happened, a very... It happened with Tekken, right, recently? Where a bunch of Tekken content was getting taken down, and it happened right when Tekken released their soundtrack to Spotify. So, uh, I have a feeling the same thing might have happened with Guilty Gear 2. But either way, um, yeah, it's it sucks. But at the same time, you know, Twitch lays that out. That you can't have copyrighted music on your stream, but people do it anyway. Now, is it the fault of Twitch for... Go ahead. I was going to say, they lay it out, but I I wouldn't be as mad if they applied it fairly. Right. Because there are partner streamers that, like, Mm -hmm. literally it does not apply to. There are partner Twitch events that it literally does not apply to. And I've never once seen them give credit in the middle of a partnered stream saying, Oh, we're running, you know, YMCA, blah, blah, blah. Or, like... The Washington Post can restream, like, the president saying something and playing, like, you know, Piano Man by Billy Joel or something. That doesn't get yeah. copyright struck. Isn't that astounding? Who is Who are they really worried about? What they're really worried about is some str- small streamer that doesn't make enough money to cover their dividends doing something that bankrupts them. That's what they're covering their butts for. And it's frustrating to see because those are the same people that are really making the money for them. It's not Ninja. Ninja's not making the bankroll for them. It's all these small streamers that literally get absolutely no money whatsoever. That's frustrating. That's annoying. That's mm-hmm. tilting. Yeah, that was going to be my point is that uh, is it is it the fault of the person doing it because they're playing copyrighted music or is it the fault of Twitch for not enforcing the rules, right? Go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, uh, Finitude in the chat is asking if Twitch could make a deal with record companies for rights. Uh, they could. And it's actually something that Facebook Gaming, we talked about it mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Facebook Gaming uh, reached a deal with Universal Music to allow uh, their their music to be played on that platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is possible. The question is, is it financially feasible um, no, for them to do it? No, it's not. No. They don't make Probably enough money not. from Twitch whatsoever. Like, Amazon is bankrolling Twitch, but they're only bankrolling them right now because it's financially feasible for them. And even still, they have to do a lot of partnership deals in order to make it even a little bit monetary worth. Twitch is just a really big ad-pushing company, y'all. Like, that's all it really is. It's not... Oh. No, ignore that. I don't know why that happened. Okay. <laughs> it's not really about the gameplay. It's not really about any of that. This is like a tool to give you ads. 
uh, play and music without ads doesn't give you ads. They're not paying because people are actively sitting here listening to music. They're paying essentially because they can push whatever ads they want to, uh, like, uh, five billion people at the exact same time. That's what they're paying for. The minute that that no longer becomes financially worth, they're gonna find something else to back. That's just the way Amazon works. Yeah. Implying implying that Twitch has literally any control whatsoever is crazy. What's up, Steve? Can I take the final 60 seconds to- Before, one other of time? course you may. Oh, Thank oh, you yeah, so go much. Ahead. Well, actually, before you move on to the other topic, I just wanna point this out. Uh, since, since this is all kind of doom and gloom, I do wanna point this out. A lot of musicians have come forward on Twitter saying that you are allowed to use their music on Twitch. Uh, at Popsky P-O-P-S-K-Y-Y uh, has amazing music he's put his entire discography for free or pay what you want uh, so you can use his stuff Big Giant Circles Carpenter Brute all those people uh, so if you look on Twitter there's a lot of people who did make those statements uh, allowing you to use their music go ahead Steve and I'll give you an extra 30 seconds uh, I just want to point out before we go uh, the Game Her Awards uh came out with a I see she's smiling uh, they released their list of nominees uh, for various categories uh, these are blah, blah, blah. if you can pull up the graphic Elon uh, if Ten you seconds. look we've got quite a few people uh, FGC tangent there including Persia Leisha Life Combo Queens Amanda Stevens Cuddlecore uh, Equinox Romanova and guess who not uh, in the in the running for Twitch streamer of the year, Purple Sharpie. Uh, Fuck. Yeah. I wasn't gonna cry. I'm sorry. It's just. Thank you, Steve. Fuck. That was really nice. I'm sorry. I didn't. Y'all. I. It just says awards in the doc. I didn't know he was gonna say all this shit. Like. Well, this is what you get you're for streaming. You're a good person, all right? Steve. Thank you for giving a platform too. I just. I just want to say thank you for. Thank you for making sure that women decide the community stay visible, Steve. Thank you. Y'all, you don't have to close up on me crying. Come on. This is what we want to see. Emotion. Add emotion to our emotionless lives. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. We are I, I, I did throw the link in chat. Uh, Thegamehers.com slash vote. Uh, make sure you head uh, to the content creation uh, category Get your vote in for Sharpie and any of your other favorites. Uh, the not, the uh, nomination period ends on November 13th, so get your votes in. Uh, and hopefully our girl gets gets uh, gets her spot. So. Yeah, look, Everybody, if she I'm really happy I just got nominated. Honestly, it's, there are a lot of people on there. I'm just happy I was even nominated by a couple of people. There are a lot of very talented people on there. What I do want to say is if if anything, look for the categories that have very limited numbers of people and make sure those people get their, um, get their recognition because Equinox Gaming is on there. Uh, Emily Sun, uh, I'm sorry, not Emily Sun, Emily Rose, who's in charge of Equinox Gaming. Cuddlecore is on there. Persia is on there. Romanova is on there. Look for the women inside the FGC that are in the smallest contested ones and vote for them in mass. If we can get even one woman inside of the FGC or one femme inside of the FGC, uh, their recognition, that would be huge. Don't feel required to get me that's fine i'm happy just being nominated there are so many more talented people inside this community that are up for nomination that have a better chance than myself of getting the award okay so sharpie said the nice stuff i'm gonna say the mean stuff chat if sharpie doesn't win it's your fault all right so fuck you 
<laughs> wow. We're Can going I say again. one thing before we close up stream that Go I wanted to say last stream, but I didn't want to be too messy. Y'all, um, can I have a close-up just real quick? And no sad music because I don't want to oh, oh, get sorry. DCMA'd. <laughs> Y'all, look, we've been quarantined now for just over seven months. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I hope you all are doing fantastic. I hope you all are taking time for yourselves and I hope you all are trying your best to be safe and to thrive right now. I know it's difficult for everyone. I know it's hard right now for everyone. Just keep working. We will get through this all together. We will get back to events. We will start playing. We will run that motherfucking set back, okay? But we gotta get through this first and I am so excited to see every single person who has been watching our stream, who has been listening to our podcast, who has been supporting not just us, but other FGC members inside this community. I am so excited to see everyone at events as soon as it becomes safe. I just want to remind y'all that people are waiting for all of this to happen. You're not the only one, and I know it's tough. I know it's hard. We will get through this. Just be patient. Always sending love. That's all I wanted to say. Sick. Shout-outs to the FGC um, Elias Honey put up a GoFundMe. His mother needs uh, liver uh, surgery to take care of a liver, liver problem. He put it up yesterday, seeking two thousand dollars for the procedure, or uh, two thousand pounds, excuse me, uh, which is about twenty-five hundred dollars U.S. Blew past that goal in twenty-four hours. Sick. So FGC, thank that's you. what it's about. All right, ladies and gents, this has been our show. We're already over time enough. Nobody respects the timer over here except for me, I guess. Uh, I'm Elon. That's me right there. This is Mr. The Main Squeeze, Steve. Steve I almost said Steve King off jerk suit. Steve Jerk, Ace King <laughs> off suit jerk. Steve Ace King off suit jerk. There we go. I got it the third time. Uh, and the lovely, the purple Sharpie, uh, hanging out with us here. Uh, thank you everybody for hanging out with us as always honor and a pleasure. Go say hi to ultra Chen. Tell him to stop stealing our timer. All right. Damn it. All right. Say, say your last words. Good night, Canada. Stay safe, everyone. Peace and tranquility. And also velvet needs buff. She needs chip. She needs a low. She needs armor and involuntel main six. Velvet needs buff. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>